0: So we have been looking over the last few weeks about loving the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind and strength. Loving God with our everything. When we decide that we're going to love God with our everything, we get to worship him with our whole lives. And today, last week as adults, I'm not totally sure what you did in Vineyard Kids, but as adults we talked about loving God in adoration And reverence, loving him in worship together, in sung worship particularly. And this morning I want to look at what worship looks like when we serve and we give to God. So if you'd like something to do with your fingers, I noticed that some people have already cracked on. At the back there's a table and there is some bits of paper. I meant to pick one up as an example. If you want to colour those in, for some of you, if you're good at cutting, you might want to cut some bits out um, and you might want to colour in and decorate the template that is on the table at the back, if that would be uh, something you'd like to do. Um, does anybody know whose funeral it is tomorrow? Ben, you were the first. The queen, We probab- probably everyone knew that. That's not like revelation to anybody in the room, is it? If, if it is, then you've got a bank holiday tomorrow, so don't go to work or school if you were planning on it. Um, she is a great example who worshipped God by serving, worshipped God with everything that she had. I talked uh, to the adults about that a bit last week. She, uh, and I've heard this week with interviews with different journalists, different people that knew her, um, they all talk, and even just people queuing to go and see her lying in state, they've talked about the fact they loved her because she was such a servant and she even had a book written about her a few years ago called The Servant Queen and the King She Serves. All about her love of God. Her, this book is all about her love of God, her desire to love, worship and serve him. Um, and I believe Pitt was saying that in their small group on Wednesday, So I didn't check that I could share this. Um, I think Essie maybe had a picture of the queen entering into the presence of God and laying her crown before him and saying, Your Majesty. And I just, when Pip shared that picture, I just was like, Oh, that's such a powerful image. It's an image that um, Rev- the book of Revelation talks about, about entering into the presence of God and worshiping him as our king. In uh, the In the Bible, there is a book written by a guy called Matthew. It's in the second half of the book. He was one of Jesus' followers, and he wrote down his account of Jesus' life. And, uh, And in Matthew 20, 28, Matthew says about Jesus that Jesus came to serve and not be served. Now, just imagine for a moment that maybe you are royalty and you do have many servants. I don't know how many of you would like that or dislike that. Maybe for those of us that like to be in control, we might find having servants doing everything for us might feel like we're a little bit stretched and a little bit out of control. Um, You know, I do like being in control, but I also love the idea of having servants. Someone to clean the house and uh, do do, do all the cooking and the shopping and, uh, you know, just bring me breakfast in bed. Maybe even decide what I'm going to wear because sometimes I find that quite challenging. Um, I don't know, maybe for some of you, you might like a servant in order to tidy your bedroom. If you have a grown-up in your life that says fairly regularly, please could you tidy your bedroom? I don't know. But ultimately, to be served, you have to be at the center, don't you? You have to be at the center of your little circle. It's all about me. We could live life thinking... But if we have chosen to love God with our everything, love God with everything we have, that means that we choose to step out of that center. We choose to step out of it all being about me, and we choose to put God at the center. We choose to put Him there to say, This is all about you. It's no longer about me, it's about His will, His leading, and His requests. And we worship him by our obedience to his will, his leading and his requests. There's another guy in the Bible called John who also, he wrote quite a few bits about Jesus. And he wrote one account um, and he talks quite a bit about Jesus's radical um, acts of service. Now there's three bowls of warm water at the front here. One idea that we've, I've heard mentioned this morning is that we're going to test to see if any of us can walk on water so, um, do you think you can? Oh, they've seen it done before. Well, we're not, we're not going to see if we can walk on water. Um, but, you know, if any of you have got any puddles or swimming pools or that you want to try walking on water and it's successful, please do let me know. What we're going to do is... Um, oh, it's an illustration because in John 13, the beginning... Uh, John 13, verses 1 to 17... John tells us about Jesus washing his closest friend's feet. Now, these feet wouldn't necessarily be like yours or mine. Um, they would have walked on dusty, muddy, animal poo-covered roads um, all year long in nothing more than a Primark flip-flop. Not very sturdy. Um at least in our experience. Um, no, they would have had leather th- flip-flops, and but that's all they would have worn. They wouldn't have had cars to drive in um, to take them when it was raining. Um, they would have walked on all the time. Their feet would have been encrusted with dirt. I don't know if any of you've been camping for any longer than a few nights in the rain and kind of the mud gets like right in your nails, doesn't it? And in between your toes, some of you are looking at me quite blankly. Either it's because you've never been camping or you've got better foot hygiene than we have. Um, but these, the, the disciples of Jesus, their feet would have been dirty and crusted. They'd have had hard skin all over them. A pedicure wasn't around back then, I'm sure. Um, maybe their toenails were even really long and, and like curling over and... So this is where we work out who really hates feet um, by their reaction to uh, this, this whole story, this whole occasion. Anyway, Jesus was at a meal with his closest friends and um, normally when you'd arrive at someone's house back in Jesus' day, um, the first thing that the host would do is they'd offer to wash your feet because your feet would be dirty and dusty and horrible. Um, imagine if that happened today. If people were going to come around your house and the first thing we did was wash your feet. That might be a little bit odd, mightn't it? But that was what would happened. And for whatever reason, and we're not quite sure why, the host at, where the, Jesus and his friends are having this meal hadn't offered to wash their feet. So Jesus took this opportunity and he got up from the meal. He put a towel around his waist and he went and washed the disciples' feet. He took this opportunity to demonstrate his love for his friends, to show that he had come to serve and not be served. And he uses it as an example to us, to his followers today, that we can serve God and we can serve those around us by seeing a need and being prepared to step in, even if it's a bit gross. Jesus washes the disciples' feet as an example to us. And serving isn't always pleasant or easy. And I'm sure that you know, Jesus didn't relish the idea of washing at least 12 different people's feet but he did it, and he is our example. Okay, if you are under the age of 18, would you mind standing? <laughs> I don't know how old you are, so feel free to stand if you're not. Okay, and there's quite a few children at the back that aren't standing. But for those of us, those, those adults of us, or those that are over 18, just look around at these children and young people. All of these children and young people that have stood up, and those at the back as well, they are going to be teachers, doctors, inventors, engineers, sportsmen, sportswomen, they're going to be scientists, they're going to be maybe politicians, journalists, influencers in their day. Some of them sooner than later, some sooner than the others. What a privilege we have as the family of God to get to know these young people and these children. What a privilege we have to influence, train and shape these guys so that they can be committed followers of Jesus now, but also when they're older and they are all the different things that God has for them. If we are committed to loving God with everything, we can be a community of people, a church who loves God with our everything, and we can love and serve these children and young people with all that we have too. Sorry to keep you standing, but just while you're all standing, any of you got really sweaty, smelly, stinky feet? No. Well, Okay, so Nat, Nat and Ben and Abby, did you, no, you've got tights on, this isn't going to work. Nat and Ben, why don't you come and have a seat? Daisy, you've got stinky, smelly feet. You do a lot of sport, don't you? And you've got trainers on, so. <laughs> um, so for those of you that don't know, this is Nat, this is Ben, and Daisy's coming through. And um, they apparently have sweaty, stinky feet. I actually, I wouldn't put it past them. I don't know, Daisy. You've probably got like nicely painted toenails, haven't you? Oh, because of school, you probably have to take it off, don't you? I did think of offering myself to do this. I've got, I've got no toenail on my big right toe, which does look really manky. There you go. It's really disgusting, um, <laughs> really gross. Um, but I thought, no, no. Um, okay, so I need three more volunteers that would like, that would like. No, no. Sorry, this has got to be adults now. Sorry. Um, I'd like three adults that would be prepared to come and serve these three children by washing their feet. They could be your own children. Emily, brilliant. Emily, Nikki, Pip. Oh, Pip stood up first. I was going to say, you could come and wash these guys' feet as, as an act of service and an act of love. The thing, is, the thing is, yeah, go for it. The thing is, Daisy, your mum could wash your feet, Daisy your, mum, Daisy, your mum could wash your feet, but I know that she is going to invest and influence you already. So how great that other people are up for it. Under the chair, there is some shower gel. There is a foot scrub. Kate, do you want to take some pictures? Oh, oh Joe's going to. That's fine. Joe's ready. I just suddenly thought... Yeah. So this is where we find out whether these guys have got ticklish feet, really dirty feet. Actually, like the water's looking quite clean so far. So maybe if we'd done this in the height of summer where they were wearing sandals or crocs, then their feet might have been a little bit dirtier. But I love this. Conversations about rubs from school shoes... Like, you can tell a lot from feet, can't you? I love it. I'm I'm liking this, is one comment. I imagine that I'm not sure that Jesus would have had, like, I don't know, like, maybe I should have researched this. I'm not sure Jesus would have had, like, shower gel, peppermint stuff, like, foot scrubby things. A little foot massage going on. So these guys are being served by having their feet washed. What a, an honour and a privilege. It's going the full hog here. I love it. If you can't smell, it smells quite pepperminty, so it might waft towards the back of the room as this goes on. Well done. I I think Alex has done a good job because I think, I don't know, I don't know about um, Daisy's feet, but Ben's almost got like adult-sized feet anyway, so it's not a small job. It's not a small job. Oh. I love this. An amazing job. These guys have got like, maybe we could set up a business. You, Joe, you asked for a pedicure, didn't you? <laughs> I th- Has he got ticklish feet? No. I'm surprised. Like, I don't know. Let's do it with a quick show of hands. Anyone got ticklish feet? Yeah. So actually the three people that volunteered don't have ticklish feet, but this I would really struggle because like I've got very ticklish feet. Yeah, it really tickles. Really tickles. Okay, I'm going to let these guys just wrap up washing their feet. But I want to say thank you To Alex, Nikki and Emily, with the help of Pip, thank you for serving Daisy, Nat and Ben. And Daisy, Nat and Ben, thank you for being up, for having your feet washed. Thank you for having smelly, sweaty feet. Please, could you give them a big round of applause? I'm going to let these guys carry on, because they're like clearly, no, like taking it to a whole nother level. Um, Loving God with our everything means that we get to worship him by serving. Serving here in the life of the vineyard in Chelmsford, whether that's in Vineyard Kids, in Youth, in Grow Baby, welcoming people on a Sunday morning, serving coffee, helping with PA and media, um, helping lead in your small groups. There are so many ways in the life of this church that we can serve and love God as part of our worship. But we serve and love God also in our families, in our work environments, whatever context we find ourselves in. We can serve the living God. It's always necessary, it's always appropriate to take ourselves out of the center of our universe and place God at the center to see what he would do. And then the invitation is for us to do it. Okay, so that's how we can serve God in our worship. We can, when we love God with our everything, everything that we have been given is his anyway. So we can worship him by giving back to him. We can give him our time, our talents, and our treasure, all for his glory and his fame so time how do you use your time are you interruptible by the holy spirit do you set aside time to spend time connecting with god every day maybe that's through reading your bible or praying or worshiping at home do you set aside time To commit to coming to church on a Sunday. Well, those of you in the room, thank you. It would be really, really quiet if none of you are here. You have set aside time this morning to come together as the family of God to worship. Do you set aside time to invest in relationships, relationships with people um, that you know in all walks of life, as well as those in the life of the church? Or maybe we need to ask ourselves the question of, do we waste our time? Perhaps we spend quite a lot of time watching Netflix or playing video games or on social media. I am not judging. They're just things that I think we all face. I was really fortunate in that June I was able to go on a week-long retreat. Um, You guys can go and sit down now if you want, sorry. I was able to go on a week-long retreat up to the north, north, uh, north near Whitby, <laughs> up north. Um, and I was able to go and stay in a retreat center and it was an old convent and I had no TV, no internet and no mob- mobile phone. I also had no family to look after, no meals to cook and no cleaning to do. And um, I realized how much time there is in a day. But also how much time I... I'm not gonna need that, sorry. Um, How much time I am distracted by the things in my life. I'm distracted by my phone, by the internet, by the TV. Sometimes I use that distraction because actually dealing with stuff that's going on in me is painful or it's hard. Sometimes I use that stuff to relax and to know what's going on with my friends. It's not all bad. How do you spend your time when it comes to bringing glory to God? So that's time. Talents. What are your talents? And how do you use them? Now, I'm not specifically meaning maybe your talent to tap dance or your talent to produce a rabbit out of a hat. Um, I'm talking about talents in as far as... um, are you hospitable? Are you caring? Do you use those to bring glory to God? Are you a leader? Are you an inventor? Do you have creative ideas that you can use for the glory of God? Are you someone who has wisdom or has a good sense of humour? Maybe both together. Or perhaps you know that you've got talents, you know that you're good at some things, but you've buried them, or you're maybe too scared to use them in case it goes wrong, or you get rejected. I think Jesus has something to say about that. We have been created, he has given us talents, he has a purpose for each of us, and we can all use those for his glory and his fame. So, we can give back to God with our time, with our talents, and with our treasure. What is most precious to you? Will you give that to God in worship? For for those of us that are responsible for homes that we live in, maybe that's your castle and your fortress. How is God asking you to use your home as an outpost for the kingdom? And if everything that we have comes from God, then it's my belief that what we do with what we have is important. So, for example, what we do with the money that we have, that we have access to, how do we spend that? Now, I know that money is a hot topic, and we are seeing the cost of living rising before our eyes. However, loving God with our everything He is inviting us to trust him. Jehovah Jireh, it says in Hebrew, God will provide. Yes, I think the Bible teaches us to be good stewards. But God is also asking us to worship him and to trust him in how we use our money and how we give to him financially. And we can have a conversation with God about that and he will speak to us. You know, this idea of giving our first fruits, giving a portion of our income um, back to God goes right back to Moses, right back to the beginning of the Bible. And Jesus doesn't cancel it out. He doesn't say it doesn't stand anymore. But he does say don't be religious about it. And I would say God is inviting all of us on a journey, whether we are six months old or whether we are uh, 96 years old. There's a book in the Bible called Malachi, and it's the one place in the Bible that God invites us to test him. And he's talking about us giving our offerings to God. And God says, test me in this, that I will not look after you, that I will look after you. You And I said last week in worship, when we draw close to him, he pours out his spirit on us because that is his very nature. We cannot outgive the giver. And it's the same with our resources as well, with our treasure. You know, we don't give God, give to God in order to get back, but it is a byproduct of our worship looking like giving. So God is inviting us. The creator of the universe loves us and invites us on a journey with him to grow in our trust of him, especially in the area of money and provision. And if you've not begun the journey of trusting God with your finances, then now is a really good time to do that because things are a bit, little bit daunting, aren't they? But we, we all need God's wisdom and his provision in this season. And I want to encourage you not to just park it or not to stop giving to God because it is an incredible step of faith and trust to do that. If you haven't begun that journey and you would like to, then please do um, our giving information if to give to, the lo- to, to Chelmsford Vineyard. is on our website or it's on the information desk. You know, and I, you might think, come on, Libby, this is an all-in all service. There's loads of little children here. Um, but I'm saying it quite intentionally because all of us, no matter what age we are, we can begin this journey. And for those children at the back that are doing something crafty, Um, they're going to create something that looks a bit like this. Mine's got a little bit squashed and I haven't decorated it. But it's a little money cube. And that's partly because I remember when I was seven being given one of these at church. And I took it home and it was on the mantelpiece in my mum and dad's living room. And we were encouraged that if we had any pennies or money or we were given pocket money to put a portion of that in this little box. And then when I wanted to... I bought it to church to give as my offering back to God. That was when I was seven. I'm sure there's some seven-year-olds in the room. And that, for me, was the beginning of my journey of trusting God with my finances. And that invitation is for all of us. And for some of you that maybe don't have an income, um, you might um, maybe get some money for birthday, or you might um, do some odd jobs, or you might get some pocket money, or you might... Just stick your hands down the side of the sofa and get lucky. If you come to our house, there's a little tip. Um, and it might be that you want to, you want to take one of these boxes and you want to put some pennies in it. And then when you're ready, you can bring it to God. You can bring it on a Sunday uh, into Vineyard Kids or into here and you can offer it to God as your giving to Him. If you haven't made one of these boxes, and I'm talking to everybody in the room, um, and you want a cheat. Then there's some boxes of Smarties at the back, which if you're allowed, you can eat the Smarties. Please don't eat them if you're not. Um, But if you open the box carefully, once you've eaten the Smarties, you can put some coins in your Smartie tube if you wanted to. And you could use that as a way of giving some some of your coins to God in worship. You know, the money that is given to this church is used so that we can love and serve all of those around us. So that we can grow as disciples. Some of it goes towards enabling us to meet together like this on a Sunday. None of it goes to waste. If you have questions about money, if you have questions about giving to the life of Chelmsford Vineyard, then please do come and talk to Graham and myself or Russ and Pip. Um, we would love to talk to you more. Loving God with our everything means that we get to worship Him by serving and by giving. And yes, it involves sacrifice. But we were never promised that life would be easy. But following Jesus is an adventure, and we are invited into that adventure. adventure. Why don't you stand, and we're going to pray.